Welcome to the Programming Podcast. Here you can learn about computer science concepts in a brief and accessible way. I'm your host, Minko Gadget. Hello, everyone. Today in the Programming Podcast, we're going to talk about bundlers and JavaScript bundling. So usually in the podcast, we're looking at a theoretical computer science concept and we're describing and exploring its practical applications. Well, today we're going to take a slightly different approach. We're going to look at something quite practical, such as the build process of our JavaScript applications. And from there, we're going to look at uh, this process from a slightly higher level of abstraction. We're going to look at the individual building elements of the problem from a slightly higher level of abstraction as well, so that they can start looking familiar to some of the abstract data structures that we explained in in previous episodes. And finally, to these data structures, we're going to apply familiar algorithms. Now, if you're not using JavaScript, don't worry too much. I'm pretty sure that you're going to get value out of this episode as well. On a very high level, what JavaScript developers are doing is quite similar to what desktop application developers are doing as well. If you're building a desktop application which uses some library that is usually provided by the operating system, you're loading this library, this DLL, for instance, if you're building applications for Windows, you're loading it at runtime. So you're applying this runtime linking. This is quite similar to lazy loading in JavaScript. So in JavaScript, lazy loading can help you with quite a few things. First of all, you're not delivering extra JavaScript to the user, JavaScript that they would not use immediately when they open your application. So you're boosting your application's performance. This is the same for your desktop app as well. If you have a smaller binary, this means that the operating system is going to load it faster in memory. So you're going to have faster startup time as well. Now, when, now, since we now understand that things are quite similar across uh, different, let's say, application development platforms, let us focus on the problem of bundling. Bundling in JavaScript is implemented in, with in different tools. The probably most popular bundlers out there right now are Webpack, Rollup, and Parcel. Some of them are more than simply bundlers. Some of them are trying to build your application from end to end. So they're invoking a TypeScript compiler if your application is written in TypeScript. They're transpiling your style sheets to CSS. They're doing some optimizations such as tree shaking and minification by delegating this to appropriate tooling such as Tursor, let's say, and so on and so forth. But today we're going to focus entirely on the bundling process. So the bundling process is performed in order to speed up your application's load time. We're going to discuss the bundling process into the context of ECMAScript modules so that we can have a solid foundation. We're going to have fewer variables this way and we'll be able to have more deep insights into the problem domain. In JavaScript modules, we have two different types of imports. One module can depend on another module, either statically or dynamically. And that's pretty much it. 
And there are two, there are important differences between these two different ways of loading modules. If we depend on a particular module statically, this means that we cannot execute the current module before we load all of its dependencies. See how we have this synchronous behavior here. Now imagine we have a startup module, the module init, let's say. This module init may depend on 10 other modules and they may have their own transitive dependencies as well. In the end, our dependency graph may have hundreds of modules that are dragged together with our init module. Imagine we load init as part of the user's initial experience with the application. This means that we cannot render anything on the screen before we have resolved the entire dependency graph of our application. And resolving the dependency graph includes sending different HTTP requests in order to fetch the dependencies and the transitive dependencies of our application one by one. That is why bundlers come into play. Bundlers are taking all the different static imports of our application and combining them together into a single file. There is an interesting analogy here with graph theory. Let us think of our JavaScript modules as nodes in a graph and the individual static imports to other modules as edges in this graph. This means that the bundler is going to traverse this dependency graph and concatenate all these different modules into a single file. And in general, all these modules, all this, this, this entire transitive closure of our dependency graph is just a strongly connected component in this graph. See how exciting that is. Now we already can apply different algorithms on top of our dependency graph, dependency module graph, only because we were able to represent it with the abstract graph data structure. So now we can already apply a couple of algorithms. In order to discover this entire strongly connected component in our graph, which is the transitive closure of all different modules with static imports, all we need to do is, is apply some depth-first search. So for each module, for example, we have originally our init module, we're going to traverse its static dependencies one by one, and we're going to combine them into a single JavaScript file. We're going to discuss how exactly we're going to combine them into a single JavaScript file just in a little bit. But before that, let us look briefly into the dynamic imports in ECMAScript modules as well. What are the dynamic imports? Well, let us suppose that we're building a very heavy e-commerce platform. And as part of our platform, we also have a widget, a chat widget for support. Imagine that only 1% of our users engage with this widget. In this case, we don't have to load the chat widget eagerly. We should not introduce it as part of the strongly connected component of our original dependency graph that is required for the initial bootstrap of the application. Instead, we can load it dynamically on interaction of the user with a placeholder. So this is going to be a dynamic import to the chat widget. See how uh, the 
chat widget itself, it can have its own dependency graph with static imports. Our init module, our startup module can have its own dependency graphs with static imports. So there are two different strongly connected components in our dependency graph of the entire application. At least for me, it was a huge discovery when I was looking at GuessJS. This is a library for predictive prefetching that I built a couple of years ago. When I realized that my dependency graph is nothing more than just this abstract data structure and the individual transitive closures of static imports are just different strongly connected components in this graph. This helped me to level up my understanding of ECMAScript modules to a huge extent. Now let us finally, in this podcast, discuss how exactly the bundling part works so that we can understand the tree-shaking part of it, the dead code elimination part. Now let us suppose that we have this transitive closure, the strongly connected component of modules and their static imports. What the bundler is going to do is combine all of these modules into the same namespace. So if we have module A, which has one function definition, let's call this function at, and it depends on module B, which has two function definitions. Let's say multiply and at again. The bundler is going to take these two modules and it is going to create another file that has the function definitions of at from A, multiply from B, and at from B again. Notice that this time though, we have two functions named the same way. We have add twice. What the bundler is going to do is it is going to rename one of the add functions. And right after that, it is going to pass this newly formed file to our optimizer, to Tercer, let's say, or to Google Quasure Compiler. From here, Google Quasure Compiler is going to perform a control flow analysis. It is going to analyze uh, the program that we have, and it is going to discover all different functions and symbols in general that we're not, not referencing anywhere, and it is going to get rid of them. This is the part of tree shaking. So this is how tree shaking works. This is a dead code elimination technique, which is extremely convenient, especially when you have such dynamic concatenation of modules. That was pretty much the entire episode. I'm, I'm quite happy that I shared this with you. I have applied quite a few links in the page associated with today's episode. Thank you very much for listening. Until next time. To learn about new episodes, you can follow me on Twitter at mgetchup. The list of all resources and recordings is available at podcast.mgetchup.com. Thanks for listening.